emergency Haber Show podcast time. We've got Howard Beck from Bleacher Report on the line. Chris Paul has been traded by the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, for Russell Westbrook. Not only that, Houston is trading two first-round picks and two pick swaps to the Thunder. Sam Presti just has chest upon chest upon chest full of draft picks. This is an insane move. We'll get into that. Howard Beck is here in Las Vegas. He is outside the gyms while the Summer League is going on. He is going to break down this trade with me uh, coming up here in a couple minutes. Uh, Wow. Wow. And yeah, a lot more wows coming up next. Wow. Wow, Howard Beck. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, You need like 17 more of those. I think the all caps need to be in like, I don't know, 300 point font. We need more exclamation points. I don't know. Can we do, can you do emojis on a podcast? Wow. That's my emoji. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm alternating between wow and what, but like W U T what? Cause I just, <laughs> what about WTF? Does that work too? That would also work. All, of these things. <laughs> all right. So, this is this is a shocker because I was convinced, Howard, that Russell Westbrook was going to the Miami Heat. I had people in the Heat organization asking me about what I felt about Russell Westbrook, um, just in, you know, picking my brain about you know what I thought about his contract going forward. He's turning thirty-one uh, soon, and he's got four more years left on his deal uh, at the supermax. And I just felt like that that wasn't a good move next to Jimmy Butler. Now. With the Rockets, Daryl Morey is trading for the headliner of the worst three-point shooter in NBA history. He is about 3,000 attempts in his career. He has shot 30% from downtown. Might be the most hurtful three-point shooter in NBA history. This is an NBA a team obsessed with shooting three-pointers, and I just don't like the fit next to James Harden. They traded Chris Paul, who is a very efficient shooter, uh, one of the, the best caretakers of the ball an amazing assist to turnover ratio and they get russell westbrook who seems so antithetical to the to the maury ball cause he's antithetical to a lot of things he's antithetical to maury ball i think he's antithetical to mike d'antoni's style i mean mike's already had to like adapt and and basically sacrifice all of his own basketball principles just to accommodate james harden and chris paul being ISO guys, and we know that that's not Mike D'Antoni's preferred style, but he thought it would get them further, and they, they won more games, and okay, fine. But doing that for Chris Paul, who at least is a, an incredibly efficient player, as you point out, and, in, and instead replacing him with Russell Westbrook, who's not only going to be ball dominant and an ISO artist and a hero ball guy, which just runs uh, against everything that Mike D'Antoni's for, but on top of it, is not even remotely efficient in doing it, and yes, Mike D'Antoni, who you know, helped usher in the three-point era, is now inheriting, as you point out, one of the worst volume three-point shooters we've ever seen, if not the worst. So um, I don't get it. I don't get it at any level. I don't get giving up picks and pick swaps to do it. Uh, this feels like it's some kind of desperation swing. Like we, There's nothing else left. We can't figure out anything else to do, and we want more star power, and it'll be exciting, and it may just explode in our faces, but oh, what the hell at the it's just a thrill ride at this point with, you know, completely unknown conclusion. Howard, I was talking myself into the Rockets. 
<laughs> like I was like I was like Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. They lost yeah. to the Warriors for two straight years. Um, it was ugly the way they lost. Certainly, there was a lot of smoke about Chris Paul and James Harden not getting along. I don't know how you feel about that relationship, but it seemed like if they could just do a truce, break some bread, drink some wine, whatever it is, they could be right back in this thing. Even though they hadn't made any moves, this seems... You tell me, does this seem like a Daryl Morey move or a Fertitta move? The owner who said they should have slit the throats of the Golden State Warriors and that hopefully uh, the the Rockets will take some of his personality because he's a winner. And it just seems like this is a very impatient owner situation that wanted to shake things up because, hey, everyone else in the league is making all these crazy moves. Why are we sitting on the sidelines? Yep. At this stage, we're all just speculating, Tom, but I will say, because I am still here at, at, you know, Thomas and Mack and Cox Arena, and I've, you know, been circulating through the buildings and just kind of posing the question to people, and over and over again, everybody agrees, though we are all speculating, yep. and I want to make that very, very clear and underline it, every person comes to the same conclusion. This does not seem sound like a Daryl Morey move. This sounds like a Tillman Fertitta move. This sounds like ownership saying, do something. And everything we know of Daryl, like, the most analytically driven GM in the NBA is going to trade for the most analytically unfriendly player in the league. It just, it doesn't wash. And so it's either, you know, Daryl making a desperation move or Daryl making a desperation move at, at the uh, orders of the owner who just thought we've got to do something as you point out. And yeah, it's a splashy move, you know, but splashy doesn't win games. I don't. I don't think this is this is pushing them forward. I think this is at best a neutral move for them. It may even set them back. And I'm with you. Listen, with the Warriors not being the Warriors anymore, and the West West being wide open, I think the Clippers are the best team in the West, at least on paper. Yep. You know, the game's got to be played. We'll see. But it's just. But there are six viable, or at least were six plausible contenders in the West, and I had the Houston was one of them, and I don't think they are anymore. It's hard to imagine Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who ranked number one and two in turnovers last year, are going to have a, a historically great offense. And I, I had, I, you know, what's funny about this, Howard. I had Daryl Morey on my podcast, or I guess the ESPN podcast, a couple years ago when Harden was was going against Russell Westbrook in that historic triple-double season when he first averaged a triple-double. And Maury was just about mocking Westbrook without naming his name, mocking the dumb voters for changing their entire criteria over the you know last yep. five decades by voting essentially for a guy who uh, was getting double-digit, it seemed very uh, you know round-number, simplistic. Voters were obsessed with the triple double thing rather than winning like he kept harping on the fact that the rockets were winning they're the number three team in the west and he focused on the fact that okc wasn't even above average offense which they still aren't last year they were 16th sandwiched between the the sacramento kings and the washington wizards and he traded for that guy so you you've written about this before but um, maybe this is just James Harden saying, I'm done with Chris Paul. This is a player's uh, empowerment era. I want to make the move, Daryl. Let's go get Russ back. This is my guy. Uh, we're both from L.A. We play together in OKC. Uh, maybe this is 
more so James Harden making a, a, a power move by wanting to get uh, Russell Westbrook back. Also possible, and I will just say, you know, the Rockets, Daryl in particular, were protesting very, very hard and maybe way too much about the reports of the rift between James Harden and Chris Paul and Chris Paul wanting, wanting out. That was the report by our, our good friend Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo, and the Rockets were flipping out about that and trying to, you know, claiming up and down, they're fine, everything's fine, they're just intense competitors, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, you, you, then you trade Chris Paul a week or two later. I don't think that helps your, your case that everything was fine. Now, if you want to say that somehow it was an upgrade and you just couldn't, you, 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 could, you couldn't refuse the chance to get Russell Westbrook, I don't believe you, but okay, I guess you'll make that case. But trading Chris Paul in the wake of not just Vinny's report, but also Tim McMahon's report in, the, in ESPN that there was serious you know, tensions between these guys – I think this trade just proves that that was the case. Yep. It proves that, that things were untenable between Chris Paul and James Harden because I don't think you make this move otherwise, especially giving up picks, giving up pick swaps. There's no rational explanation for this other than, yeah, that Chris Paul and James Harden weren't working anymore, that James Harden would rather play with Russ, and maybe also that the owner wanted to make a splash. There is this fact that Russell Westbrook wasn't on the table, essentially, when Daryl Morey downplayed all, the, put the fires out on those re- reports, right? Like when those reports sure, were coming can, out, yeah, he was saying, guarantee, right. like he was saying, Chris Paul and James Harden were going to be with the Rockets next year, guaranteeing it. Yeah, but then yeah, there was this you, huge, yeah. huge domino effect of K- Kawhi Leonard, Paul George going to the Clippers. Uh, you know, this whole sea change in the NBA. So maybe the math changes. When Chris Paul is no longer, uh, you know, or Russell Westbrook is no longer playing for a championship, maybe this seems like a, an opportunistic move by Daryl being like, hey, the, the, the landscape changed. And now if we can get a guy who's three years younger, three and a half years younger than Chris Paul, maybe we make that play. I just can't talk myself into the fit. I've tried. I've tried thinking about this. Okay. What does Mike D'Antoni see when he has Russell Westbrook and James Harden bringing up the ball together? Like, what does that offense look like? And I don't see a good ending here. No, I, I don't either. And listen, it's plausible to say, well, we didn't, Chris Paul, or excuse me, Russell Westbrook wasn't available at the time that we were trying to tamp down all these Chris Paul, James Harden reports. That's fine. But if it were, you know, if it were, if it were Paul George, they all of a sudden had a chance to trade for and, and somehow it was you know, just a hypothetical Chris Paul for Paul George, then you could say, well, listen, at the time we didn't know we'd have this great opportunity. There, we, we, this was something we could not refuse. We could not pass it up. We're not trading Chris Paul because he doesn't get along with James. We're trading him because we had an opportunity to get a player who made us better. But that's not the case in getting Westbrook. So I, I won't buy it when they, put, when they inevitably make that explanation for why they did this deal. Um, and no, I, I, I think they're going to be worse off for this. And listen, I know they were locked in to a lot of guys, and it was hard to find a way to, to you know, leverage Capella or Gordon or Tucker or somebody into, into a, a, a game-changing move that would, that would move them forward. But this, you, know, you don't make moves just for move's sake. And, and again, I just, this does not feel like a Daryl Morey trade to me. It doesn't. Now, what about Mike D'Antoni? Where do we stand with Mike D'Antoni and, and Warren Legary, his agent? Um, you know, it's been it's been a really contentious negotiation with him and, and Fertitta and Daryl Morey. Where do you think that stands? Like, do you think maybe Mike D'Antoni is going to be not coaching this team? 
I hate to ever predict anybody being fired, right? Like you just, you, you hate to go there and speculate on guys' jobs. Um, it, it, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's part of our job, I suppose, in the media. I try to stay away from it when I can. I would just say that clearly the the signs aren't great. The the impasse negotiations, the dismissal of so many members of, of D'Antoni's staff, the fact that it, as of right now it's, it looks like he will be going into the season as a lame duck, and then on top of it, you know, you already had two really hard-to-manage egos in James Harden and Chris Paul, two guys who are not just ball-dominant but personality-dominant, and I think it was already a, a pretty you know, tough situation for Mike. Mike, you know, sacrificed a lot of his offensive principles, as we discussed, just to accommodate these guys. And Russ is, is at a whole other level. You know, Russ, when he's in the room, he owns the room. He owned the Thunder franchise. That entire franchise reflected his values, his attitude, uh, his, you know, uh, just all, all the edginess of Russell Westbrook um, was what just permeated Oklahoma City. And now that's going to be in Houston. And Mike is this, you know, easygoing West Virginian who just likes to have fun, win basketball games, play a, a fun style. And I just don't think this looks like a very enjoyable situation for him. <laughs> I mean, the money's good, but I, I you know, w- would he walk away? Will, you know, I, will he last the season? Will he lose... Like, is he just going to lose his mind at this point? Like, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Um, I'm a little concerned for Mike. It, it's incredible. Um, it, it, I, I think the stat that I had was that eight of the 24 All-Stars in the 2017 All-Star game, uh, only eight players remain with their teams, and now it's seven with Russ Westbrook being moved. I mean, it's just the the the... We, we just saw a, f- a finals MVP switch teams. We saw a, a 2017 MVP switch teams. Last year, we saw LeBron James switch teams. We have a, a final, Kevin Durant, finals MVP, uh, MVP switching teams. This is nuts. This is nuts. I mean, I don't know how many of these podcasts we could do this offseason. How many of these emergency podcasts <laughs> do you think we could have done? Like five? Is this like number six? <laughs> Well, what, I mean, you know, given how many deals happened on the first day of free agency, um, that probably wiped out. Like in a normal year, those would have been spread out more, and there just would have been an emergency podcast like every three hours or so. But they all came so quickly on Sunday, you know, the 30th, that uh, a lot of it was, was taken care of all at once. I, I was at a, a panel discussion here in, in Vegas earlier in the day about podcasting, and Nate Duncan was one of the other panelists, and Nate said they're – emergency June 30th podcast lasted like three and a half hours. <laughs> it was just one, conti- I don't know, maybe it was an emergency podcast, maybe it was just a free yeah. agency podcast first day, but whatever. It was a three and a half hour marathon because so much was going on. Um, we, we've never seen anything like this, Tom. This is not a prisoner of the moment thing where we say, oh, it feels crazy. And the next year we say, oh, this is the craziest. No, no, no. no. This objectively and absolutely, I think analytically, <laughs> however you want to quantify it, this is the craziest offseason the NBA's ever had. I don't know that it can be topped. I don't know that it should be topped. I'm not actually sure, as much as we love the transactions and all the, the, the names flying around, I'm not actually sure this is a great thing for the league in the long term. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because players always like to say that this isn't fantasy basketball. Like they're real human beings involved, <laughs> but it really does feel like no, fantasy basketball. Like it feels like just yeah. all these GMs or players and coaches are just playing, you know, on the trade machine. Yeah, it, it, it's, it does. And, um, 
I, I, I wonder about, and it's not, it's the hard, it's, you, you can't quantify these things. It's really difficult to, 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 to um, say anything definitively about, about fan reaction, fan response, or how they're, they're processing this. I have to believe that fans at some point are going to be turned off by this because it may be fun. If you're not a fan of any particular team, it's fun just to watch the fireworks. But if you're a fan of the Thunder, you're feeling pretty deflated. Your, your team just lost its entire identity in the space of a, of a few days. If you're a fan of the Raptors, you may still be riding the high of your championship. That's fine. But it still sucks to lose Kawhi Leonard. Um, so if you're a fan of, of any of these teams that lost the guys, or in some cases lost the guy and then lost his replacement and then lost his replacement, or, I mean, it's, it's dizzying. It, it's, there's no uh, continuity anymore. I don't know. I, 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 like I say, I, I don't know how to quantify that. I don't know how to, to gauge how fans from one city to the next, one market to the next, will feel about it. I just think that at a certain point, there's such a thing as too much movement, too much fluidity, and not enough year-to-year coherence, and that that may have an impact. And I kind of feel, Howard, that there might be another move coming here. Because I just don't see Chris Paul staying in OKC, right? Like four years left no. on his deal, or three, sorry, three years remaining on his deal. Uh, he's 34, and OKC seems to be in a full-out rebuild. But uh, Sam Amick of the, of the Athletic is reporting that a source told him uh, that, that Russ, I mean, uh, Chris Paul, it's hard to keep the name straight. Chris Paul will be part of a quote-unquote good team uh, they're in OKC, like expected to play on the team. I'm not so sure. I can't. I don't. I can't pinpoint who that that third. You know, the third team that's going to get involved here is. But it just seems like it's not a good fit with OKC. What, what they're trying to do in the rebuild. Maybe he's a, a mentor for uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Maybe they try to go for the playoffs with Gallinari and Stephen Adams. Maybe. But this seems like another move might be coming. Uh, one team that's interesting to me. Maybe. Maybe the trade is in the midseason, like at the trade deadline. Maybe not now or this offseason, but I wonder if like a team sputters in the Western Conference and wants to win now and trades for for Chris Paul. And I, I'm looking at Denver. I know that they have Jamal Murray, and I'm not saying they trade Jamal Murray, but like Paul Millsap on his expiring deal uh, to to OKC, where he can get off the money. Uh, Sam Presti, the GM for OKC, can get off the money. Like that's something that I think is interesting. Obviously, right now I don't know if they make that deal. I don't think they can. But I just don't feel like this is this is over, right? Chris Paul and OKC. Does it seem like this is a long term thing? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, I you know, there's there's some case to be made where you say, oh, you know what? He's this Hall of Fame veteran who's really smart and who you know can mentor Shea Gilgis Alexander, and they can still be a competitive team because you've got Gallinari and you've got Stephen Adams and you've got some semblance of a, of a solid team that you can still have you know, the fans will still be interested. You may not make the playoffs, but you'll at least be a respectable team. Like you can make that case, but no, I, I suspect that Chris Paul will be on the move again too. Um, difficult of course, because yeah, his age and his contract, all the usual factors, but I, you know, I, I like the idea of Denver. Maybe, you know, that's a team where it's hard to know what their ceiling is yet. They've got a lot of young guys who are still evolving, but not all of them have a very high ceiling. Like how much better can they get without adding another piece? Um, but does Chris Paul make sense for a team that that's, you know, in, in the position they're in? And um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, you know. I haven't scoured the league to see where else could potentially make sense for him. Somebody, it was, a, it was really interesting. You know, I've, I've, I've spoke to um, Larry Coon's uh, sports business classroom um, this week 
that was the, 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 the podcast panel I was telling you about. And so there were some students I met, and I wish I could remember the kid's name because this was a, this was a really fascinating idea. But as, as this was all people buzzing about this, and I saw some of these guys in, in the, uh, the corridor on the concourse, and, and this one kid said, well, what do you think about maybe Chris Paul and whatever to Washington for the Wall Beal package that everybody keeps talking about? And I thought, well, that's really fascinating, actually. Um, or excuse me, no, no, it wasn't the Wall Beal package. I, it, it was... His suggestion was Chris Paul for John Wall straight up. Correct myself. So the you would send Wall out with more picks because Sam Presti just needs to stack more <laughs> picks on it. And that would be the inducement to take on John Wall. Uh, the Wizards wouldn't have to waste a year of Bradley Beal. They could put Chris Paul next to him and actually be semi-respectable. Um, and they get off of Wall. And Sam Presti collects more picks. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a, a realistic, uh, you know, deal or not but it's interesting to contemplate yeah Um, yeah i mean that's an option right like there's not many suitors for a contract like chris paul which is right now uh you know he's due 38 million next year 41 the next year and 44 in 2021 22 so over the next three years i mean that's that's what 124 million dollars or something like that there are not many contracts out there that you can trade them straight up but Again, like you'd have to scour the league, and and for uh, for Paul Millsap, for example, he's making thirty point five million dollars next year. So you're close, uh, you're close to Chris Paul's thirty eight. Um, and so there are not many expiring deals at thirty one million dollars. Well, that would be enticing. What about what about like Toronto? I don't know Toronto if they. Well, yeah. Kyle Lowry's an expiring deal. I don't know if Toronto makes that deal, yeah. but. I think I think no. I think Toronto they either they either keep it together and let that team compete because they're going to make they can make the playoffs with with that team. They yep. they, they they'd be okay, um, or they or they start peeling off pieces and, and start the you know some sort of rebuild. So Chris Paul, I don't think makes sense there. Um, but what about the team you mentioned earlier, which is the Miami Heat? Heat. Like, I didn't like the idea of Westbrook and Butler either, but Chris Paul and Butler might make sense. That, um, you know, that, that's interesting that actually, I'd like that fit better than Russell Westbrook next to Jimmy Butler because, because Chris Paul is efficient, uh, low turnover guy. He defends, I don't know how much, uh, how many, how much, how many years he has left, but if you're looking for a win now guy for Pat Riley, Chris Paul might be him, you know, um, and OKC, (laughs) I can't believe this. He would probably say Preston would probably get more picks in that deal. Like he'd probably, (laughs) I don't know if. Do the Heat have any left? <laughs> they have like a weird. They can like send out a future first round pick um, in a weird configuration, like un, like changing a pick protection or something like that. Um, I, I, have a, I have I have a weird proposal here that that hit me earlier in the week. We need to add a third round back to the NBA draft so that there are more picks that teams can trade. <laughs> it's not enough if to have no like the dollar bills of the of the first round and the coins of the second round. Maybe we have a Bitcoin, like just a third round picks to trade in the deal. <laughs> right? Like I don't know what that looks just a like. Thought. Um, just a thought. So Miami, Washington, I think Denver is interesting. If they if they don't come out of the gate and they feel like they need to make a make a a shake up move next next season and look they're 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 ready to win now but they're also ready to just like let this thing simmer right and just continue to to make an uprise in the in the western conference they got a lot of young players but i could see that possibly happening and then 
I don't know. It just seems like the OKC situation is still to be determined. Um, now, the the team that we, you know, we didn't get to you know talk about uh, in depth. But what does this mean for the rest of the Western Conference? Is anyone afraid of the rest of the Houston Rockets here? Like, do we think that they're out of the uh, the contender list? I think they're in a tier below the the LA Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think there's I say I think they're significantly below those two teams. I agree. I think the top four in the West in some order are the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz. However they finish in the regular season, I think those are the four best teams in the West. And then I thought the next tier below them was Portland and Houston. And I mm, think yeah, I think Houston yeah. is still in that tier, but I don't know how strong I think they actually like, – I, I think they're worse off. I don't know if they're dramatically worse off but I think they're worse off with, with Westbrook and Harden together than they were with Paul and Harden together. And in my brief polling of people around the summer league, that's been the consensus. I just saw a tweet that um, they're playing the state farm commercial in the arena <laughs> <laughs> with Chris Paul oh, no. and James Harden. What, what happens there? Does, does state farm have to pull all those ads now? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think we've had a, I think we've had enough of them, haven't we? I think we have, man. I mean, what about what if we, we had like the deep state, like just Photoshop Chris Paul, I mean uh, Russell Westbrook's face onto Chris Paul? Can we do that in today's age? I mean, how about this? Can we bring back the Hoopers? That was actually a good campaign. The Hoopers were fun. Oh yeah, you know, with Lillard and Kevin Love and, and Garnett was in there a little bit. Like the Hoopers, that like that was a fun campaign. That was amusing. The ones with Chris Paul and James Harden have been just the. Uh, it's they're, they're they're not amusing. I don't know who who's the actor. He he was from uh, from the Office. Whatever. I I just I, he's not doing it for me. Yeah, I don't even know who that they're is. They're not funny. No. Yeah, the, those com- those commercials are not funny. I'm sorry. The uh, the 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 robot. They're way funnier now the, though. The, the, yeah. Way funnier <laughs> yeah, after yeah, this yeah, trade. Fun- <laughs> no, the James Harden uh, torching Chris Paul's kitchen is is hilarious now. Man, Howard, I know you, I know you're not in like the news breaking game anymore. Like I don't I don't think you're into the whole like scoops as much as as much as you might have used to be, but I, it's hard for me after watching this summer go through. You know, the Miami Heat now apparently word is out that the Miami Heat weren't even on the top of Russell Westbrook's list that it was always about the Houston Rockets, you know, and it just every day there seems to be a new report or a change in direction and it's hard to imagine you know, when we talk about the news on on these shows that we're on, on the radio, it's hard to take these these reports as face value. I mean, it's hard to even trust Daryl Morey. Like, Daryl Morey's saying guaranteed they're not going to be traded. Guaranteed Chris Paul and James Harden are not going to be moved. And then a few weeks later, they're moved, right? Like, Chris Paul is traded. So I guess he has to say that to temper all the, the flames and to put out the flames. But, man, it's... Every time that we go through this this cycle of reports and sources say this, sources say that the preferred destination is this, it feels like it gets less weighty and less credible as we go on because it just seems like it goes up in flames. I'm trying to remember if it was actually during, and I'm going to apologize in advance for the reference, it was, it was either during the X-Files series or the X-Files <laughs> movie, and somebody says to Fox Mulder at some point in a grave tone, Trust no one, Mr. Mobler. That's, 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 that's where we are, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm throwing us back to, like, 1999. Um, 
it, it, it's there's there's so much spin and so much messaging that that's being sent out there on behalf of teams or players that is trying to yeah the, the idea that I mean, listen it may be true maybe he always wanted to go to Houston maybe it was never Miami but when that stuff comes out after the fact like, you have to take it with a grain of salt um, and there's a lot of that stuff going on and you know um, we're, we you know we're all susceptible to it. Um, we, you know, things get whispered to us. We all report things that you wonder, eh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if, if I believe this entirely, but you know, I trust this person. I think that they're telling me, but a lot of stuff is being put out there just to cast Spin. things in a different right. light. And I, 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 I always recommend a, a, a healthy degree of skepticism to, to readers. All right, Howard, your battery didn't die on you outside. Are you sweating? I'm not because it, it, the sun's actually going down. It's a gorgeous sunset right now. There's a little bit of a, a breeze, although a breeze in Las Vegas in July is more like you're standing in front of the world's largest hair dryer. Yes. Um, it's just like it's just this hot furnace blast. Um, but it's semi pleasant out right now, actually, with the sun going down. So, uh, yeah, and the phone didn't die yet, but uh, we got through it. Man. <sighs> This is like, as the sun goes down, the sun is setting on the OKC Big Three era. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin, Kevin Durant are no longer members of the OKC Thunder. That era is done, man. Remember 2012? Remember 2012? They won game one uh, of the time. finals. Good times in 2012. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is strange. I mean, it is, when you, if you were to go back and actually just flip through stories that were being written as the Thunder were kind of evolving that season as they make the run through the West and as they get in the finals against the Heat. I am certain that all of us, myself included, probably wrote at some point, this is a team that's going to be here year after year. Durant versus LeBron is going to be like the, the defining rivalry of the next half decade. Um, yeah, you, you, it's, it's just there's, there is no such thing as permanence or even – uh, semi-permanent in, in the NBA and you know and in 2012 we didn't have even have the kind of movement that we have now but uh, these things are are fragile and um, that can be gone in the blink of an eye and you know uh, Thunder fans uh, you know know that better than anyone um, it's it's unfortunate that 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 team that team was fantastic for a while there uh, and you know the, the drafting by Sam Presti during that period of time was incredible and he's now put himself in a position to do it all, do over, it all again. over again because he, because he owns all of the draft picks for the rest of time. And, and I've seen this out there. People are pointing out that he has not done well in the draft since. How many GMs have done super well without a top 10 pick? You know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, it, th- and that's the thing. Like, there's, one, there's like one Giannis or Rudy Gobert. Or Kawhi, Draymond, right. Season. But Kawhi, yeah. Yeah, they, they're there every so often, but you know, only one team gets to be the fortunate one that got the, you know, mid to late first or second rounder that turned into an all star. It's just, it's, it's hard to do. And you listen, um, everybody, you know, Jerry West had his misses. Um, everybody's had their misses. So if people want to pick apart Sam Presti, listen, when you're, when your team's really, really good and now you're drafting low in the first every year, it's hard to nail them. The Spurs have had a bunch of misses too. Um, it, it happens the best of the best because the draft is still more art than science. And 
you know, that's kind of what makes the game fun is that there's just a lot we cannot foresee or, uh, or, or, or forecast. And, you know, it doesn't change the fact that Presti just absolutely nailed the draft for whatever it was four straight years. And look, I'd be more confident in, in him with all those picks than, than a lot of folks. Yep. Um, Me too. The, the, the Oklahoma will be back. They'll be fine. All right, Howard, head back inside. Enjoy the Chris Paul and James Harden ironic commercials there about their, their riffs <laughs> and uh, the, the State Farm commercials. With that, um, thanks so much, man. I appreciate your time. I'll, I'll see you later, man. Sounds a good time. Thanks, man. All right, that'll do it for this emergency episode of the Haber Show podcast. That was Howard Beck from Bleacher Report. Go read his stuff at bleacherreport.com, one of the best in the business, at Howard Beck on Twitter. Uh, he's the man, man. I, I still can't believe that trade. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to, to Howard for joining us and go subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Really appreciate it. Tell your friends, uh, to listen. Again, if you haven't listened to me and Al Hassan's uh, appearance on the show, uh, go download that. Uh, still lots of stuff relevant there, even though this Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul blockbuster has changed a little bit in the league. All right. Until next time on the Haber show.